Now before the festival of the Passover, Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart from this world and go to the Abba. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. The devil had put into the heart of Judas, son of Simon Iscariot, to betray him. And during supper, Jesus, knowing that all things had been given to him into his hands, that he had come from God and was going to God, got up from the table, took off his outer robe, and tied a towel around him. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and wipe them with the towel that was tied around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said, Rabbi, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus answered, You do not know now what I am doing, but later you will understand. Peter said to him, You will never wash my feet. Jesus answered, Unless I wash all of you, you have no share with me. Simon Peter said to him, Rabbi, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Jesus said to him, One who has bathed does not need to wash except for the feet, but is entirely clean. And you are clean, though not all of you. For he knew who was to betray him. For this is the reason, he said, not all of you are clean. After he had washed their feet, had put on his robe, and had returned to table, he said to them, Do you know what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for this is what I am. So if I, your teacher and Lord, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have set for you an example that you should also do as I have done to you. Very truly, I tell you, servants are not greater than their master, nor are messengers greater than the one who sent them. If you know these things, you are blessed if you do them. Hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Thanks be to God. This passage I have read many times over the years and always on this night, but this week, upon reading this particular pericope or selection from St. John's Gospel, unless I wash all of you, it leapt off the page in a new way for me. You know, so often we read things and hear things over and over and over again, and then on one particular instant, we hear it in a way that we get it. Unless I wash all of you. Now, when you hear that, what do you think of? Peter heard it, and he said, no way. You're not going to wash my feet. Jesus answered, unless I wash all of you, you have no share of me. You have no share of me. What was Jesus getting at? Peter got it the second time, and then in his enthusiastically Peter way, he said, not my feet only, but my hands and my head, all of me. All of me. To be a follower of the one that we know as the Christ challenges us to open up ourselves to be loved in ways we wouldn't necessarily choose. Not just the thought of having someone wash our feet or our hands, as we'll soon have the opportunity to do should you so choose. It's deeper and much more profound than this. 
Jesus was asking his disciples, and by extension us, to allow our whole selves, our whole selves to be loved, to be cared for, to be challenged, corrected, and affirmed. Jesus was asking his disciples, and by extension us, to be present, present to one another, present to self, and present to God. This is what we remember this night and this meal. This meal reminds us of the invitation to be present with our whole selves and to be present to one another. It's not about class or race or education or status. It's not about gender or orientation or what is proper or what is correct. It's not about what's in the future nor what's in the past. It's about right, what is right in front of us now in this moment. In that upper room, all that mattered, all that mattered is that the believers were in one place. In that upper room, all that mattered is that Jesus was in their midst. My friends, all that matters here tonight is the same thing. That we are together at this table. And at this table, Jesus is in our midst through us. You have me now. Jesus was saying to Peter and the others, don't look to the future, bask in the present. You do not know now what I am doing, but later you will understand. You do not know now. The invitation is to be so present in the now that we begin to get it, that our eyes and hearts and minds begin to open in ways they haven't opened before. This was true for Peter and the fellow disciples in that upper room, just as it is for you and me, my friends. You have me now, Jesus says. So much of our lives, it seems to be, that we spend looking toward the future, what will be, what can be, what might be, and we overlook what is, the joy of the present moment. Do you do this? with your loved ones, your friends, your offspring, your spouse, your partner, your colleagues. I do, far too often. Right before the service, I was talking with a dear friend of mine and found out that her husband, who has been a friend of mine for decades, is probably nearing the end of his life. We've been praying for him here at 7th Avenue for the last four or five months. And it seems like that this is probably the downward path, at least on this side of the, of the divide that we call life-death. And she said to me, I realize I have accumulated so many things I just want to get rid of. And she said, in these last five months, Donald and I have been able to really be present to one another in a way we've never been present before. She said, I always thought he would die because he from a heart attack because he has a bad heart. But he's had a slow death, but this slow death and slow dying has allowed him to say things to her and it has allowed her to say things to him that they would not have been able to say to 
one another previously. You do not know now what I am doing. Jesus is in the now. This is all we have. We don't have tomorrow. We don't have next week. All we have is the now, and how we reverence the present moment is the invitation of this meal. In our opening canticle, I said that Jesus' last supper has become for us our first supper. It's because at this meal that we celebrate this night, the last supper, Jesus' last meal, opened up an aperture for we who call ourselves Christians or we who are seeking to understand this mystery we call God who's revealed through the Christ, that this becomes our first supper every single time we gather at this table. So tonight, I invite you to see this as your first meal, not a meal that you have taken many, many times before, but as you receive the bread and you dip it in the cup, be aware of Jesus' invitation. I am with you now. Now. Reminds me of Jesus' words on the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 6. Don't be anxious about tomorrow. Let tomorrow be anxious for itself. Let the day's own troubles be sufficient for the day. Seek first God's dominion and sovereignty, and all these shall be yours as well. That's what Jesus was trying to have the disciples get. And Peter, even though he said, oh, wash all of me, he didn't really get it. But it was an opening of his heart to wash all of me. So as we come to this table, I would invite you to ponder, are you coming with the all of you? Those secrets, those shadows, those things that you keep hidden? I'm not inviting you to share them with your sisters and brothers, but I invite you to honor them to yourselves, to yourself, and to bring them to God tonight as we gather at this, our first meal. At 7th Avenue these past six weeks, our theme has been rite of passage. And this table is a rite of passage where we break bread and share a cup receiving the inclusive invitation of the host. And so this table is a rite of passage. For at this table, like that table centuries ago, we hear the message that we belong. At this table, like that table centuries ago, we hear the message that we are loved. At this table, like that table centuries ago, we hear the message that we are enough, even more than enough. So Jesus says, unless I wash all of you, all of you, might we bring the all of us this night as we receive our first supper.